Ulterior. For the fourth time this week, what is up, guys? What the fuck is up? What the fuck is good? I am continuously losing my mind with every single song and every episode, but this is the commitment that you make when, you know, you you want to be game, you want to be with the shits, you want to you want to be the one, you know? And right now, what am I saying, man? I'm just a podcaster. This is part four of the ongoing series this week where I talk about my 100 top songs of 2023. So part one covered songs 100 to 81, part two was for songs 80 to 61, and then part three was songs 60 to 41, and then now, today, it is about songs 40 to 21, the penultimate episode of this series, the final one before the finale. Thank you so much, thank you for tapping in, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Number 40 is Nervous by Not A Toy. Not A Toy is one of the safest bets in the scene and what i mean by that is i've been rocking with this band since they put out their debut single back in 2020 called j cash and just with every single and project to their name they just continuously build good faith because they have not let me down yet they have not missed and there's no way for them to miss because of their talent and abilities and qualities and something that i really adored about this song here nervous was the kind of marketing ploy for this track because even before it came out back at the beginning of may i knew that opening line by heart just because of the amount of tiktoks that the band put out with that intro section she the queen bee she a meme queen got the real mean gleam looking like summertime ice cream that was embedded into my brain and i just i i fucked with it man there was no way for me not to and all in all if you want something very like antithetical to what the scene usually consists of something not heavy something just super relaxed easy to you know mellow out to nervous might be the best song of the year when it comes to being able to achieve that. Number 39 is Jaded by Spirit Box. Thirty-nine on my list, but it should be number one in the hearts of any Spirit Box fan and anybody who wants to see Metalcore on a bigger stage, because Jaded got Spirit Box a fucking Grammy nomination. That is genuinely fucking sick, and it puts not only Spirit Box in the limelight but also Metalcore, because Jaded has these elements that are not like 
to the norm of what you would expect to be accessible metalcore by the definition. This track really shows off every corner and, you know, like little minute detail behind Spirit Box and their brilliance and Jaded just provides for me tenfold of everything it is that I come to Spirit Box for. It is daunting and beautiful and heavy and blissful all at once. It is one of the most remarkable tracks of the year, one of the most remarkable performances from Courtney and Mike and anybody involved in, in this project. And again, Jaded being a part of like the renaissance this year per se, that's special and it means the fucking world to me and i would hope that it means the world equally to everybody out there who champions not only spirit box but metalcore as a whole number 38 is 21 gun salute by catch your breath Catch Your Breath blew the fuck up this year. It was a trajectory that I didn't see coming, but once I was able to like get a full scope of just how good Catch Your Breath are, and not just you know on a track or in studio, but being able to see them live as well, my admiration for this band just increased to the utmost extent. And I feel like 21 Gun Salute, back when it released as a single, that just cemented my love for Catch Your Breath and my belief that their success is warranted and justified. And I want to see them continue to rise and elevate their own star power. I think what 21 Gun Salute did that, you know, really like captured my imagination and made it to where I couldn't deny the uh, effectiveness of this song was when I noticed just how easily I was able to be lost in not only the verses that are very methodical in their approach, but then also when that chorus comes in and it becomes as heartfelt as it is explosive and magical, I was just so taken aback. And I think if you're looking at Catch Your Breath from the outside and all you really know is dial tone and how big that song became on tiktok it's easy to look at catch your breath and you know say oh it's just a fad it'll wear off 21 gun salute told me this is not a fad this is not going to go away catch your breath are fucking here to stay and 21 gun salute is as big a part of that in my opinion as anything else in their discography number 37 is four death of a dream catcher by set to stun I really do believe that one of the biggest challenges of not only this episode, but perhaps the series altogether would be to try and condense every thought that I have about Death of a Dreamcatcher down to, you know, a minute, a minute and a half, however long this entry is going to run, because Death of a Dreamcatcher is one of the most chaotic songs I've been able to hear all year. And that's no surprise considering the nature of Set to Sun and the fact that 
this is kind of just what they do, but no matter how many like weird twists and, and turns Death of a Dreamcatcher takes, I am locked in every single step of the way. All 7 minutes and 18 seconds of this weird ass fucking song, I I can't get enough of it. And it just speaks to my soul in so many ways. I, I feel like one of the like biggest hooks of the song not like a literal um like a hook of a chorus although those are tremendous in this track but what i mean by a hook is the way that the song can just like switch itself up one second it is you know like a metalcore song that's just like battering your ears and then the next it slows down there's like this weird acoustic rhythm in, in the background and then Damien is doing something with his voice that it's like the middle ground between spoken word and rapping in some ways. And I think his cadence and just the vocabulary he uses and the rhythm that he has to his voice, that is another major selling point to Death of a Dreamcatcher. And it's a selling point to every single part of Sets of Sun altogether. I was just kind of baffled in a lot of ways by this song but baffled in a way where I couldn't pull my ears or my eyes away from what Set to Sun was presenting to me with Death of a Dreamcatcher. It is everything that I could have asked for this track to be. It's everything that I could have asked for Set to Sun to provide after years and years of waiting for some kind of activity from them, some kind of a release. And Death of a Dreamcatcher was just the perfect way to satisfy every you know desire that I have for this band. Number 36 is Who Needs Revenge When I've Got Ellen Ray by Yumi at Six. There is a very, very, very curious structure to Who Needs Revenge from the second that it begins playing. And when I was making my way through Truth Decay back in February, I had reached a point in the record where I felt like I could trust Yumi at Six with any direction that they wanted to take the album in. So like hearing this Western style guitar as the intro, I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I I'm with it. And then Josh comes in and just almost like very faintly, he says, you're my heaven, you're my cure, not from this planet, never felt like this before, who needs revenge when you're my girl, sure it's sweet, but it never helps. And again, I'm still like, yeah man, fuck yeah, dudes rock, let's, let's get through this song. And the chorus comes in and everything just makes all of the sense in the world. Who needs revenge when I've got Ellen Ray? was another showcase for Yumi at Six in a year where I don't think they should have been having any showcases. And, you know, I've already kind of gone on this spiel a little bit in the series before, and there will be opportunities later on for me to do so again. But Yumi at Six putting out this kind of material of this quality in 2023, an anomaly, a fucking anomaly, no icy stars, just a straight up weird case that I can't explain, but I'm very happy that was the case. And Who Needs Revenge When I've Got Ellen Ray, it really does stand tall, in my opinion, as one of the best songs, not just on Truth Decay, but in the entire catalog of You, Me at Six. Number 35 is Request Denied by Letter Sent Home. 
this is another relatively recent track i believe that the first time i heard it was on halloween and i was just blown away by it and letter sent home is a band who i've like semi reviewed before and what i mean by that is they were a band who i gave like a score to for some singles that they've had before but i had never actually like really really gone into detail about them and i finally had the chance with uh, request denied and it was just such an easy choice for a song to get behind because it does a lot of really cool things with its instrumentation um the way that like the the production and the style of the song it does not at all mirror the lyrical content so the song itself sounds like a little bit bubbly and upbeat but then when you hear the lyrics and every line that emily is singing it's like holy shit this song is really really fucking dark um the chorus of the song being i wrote a thousand songs about depression but i'm still depressed sang a hundred lines about progression but i'm still a mess that was like a like a real like holy shit moment for me uh when listening to this track for the first time and even every time thereafter i just believe that request denied showed me that there is way more that Larry Sent Home has to offer to us than I believe. I think Emily is outstanding on this track, and there's a lot of great things to look forward to in the future of Larry Sent Home, especially now that they're a part of Sharptone. Number 34 is Request Denied Alt Version by Letters Sent Home. I believe it was maybe like two weeks after the release of Request Denied that Larson Home went ahead and put out this alternative version. And in my opinion, the alternative version has enough of its own personality to really be able to stand out as its own individual entity. The only thing that really matches the original version is the rhythm and the lyrics. But otherwise, what alt version does that the original doesn't, and this goes back to what I mentioned about the original version being kind of like bubbly sounding, but lyrically it didn't match at all. Alt version, it instrumentally sounds as like filled with despair as the song does lyrically. And even in the moments where the song is very catchy, it still gives this eerie feeling. Like it feels like there is this shadow looming over you and a big part of that is thanks to the music video so the video for the original song it's very colorful and filled with lights whereas the video for the alt version it's the band at like this cabin in the woods and the clouds are hovering over them it's just it, it looks so gloomy and again it matches the aesthetic set by the way the song sounds just so fucking perfectly i do believe that alt version is at least right now in my mind the definitive version of request denied 
And it kind of just adds to what I was saying earlier about uh, Letters Sent Home and how I believe so much in the future of this band. And with Sharp Tone backing them, I think they can go out and not only chase the world, but just fucking grab it and be as big of stars as they want to become. Number 33 is Chokehold by Sleep Token. The opening track to Take Me Back to Eden and not only one of the best opening songs of the year, but Chokehold really is one of the best opening songs I have heard on any record in any year of my tenure in the scene. And there's a much larger conversation to be had about Sleep Token and what they achieved this year and my own personal feelings towards the band. But what I will say right now for the time being is that Chokehold felt like a real moment in time when I first listened to it back in January, like a true snapshot of scene history and my reaction to the song, having been somebody who, you know, I was very lukewarm on Sleep Token coming into this year and just the... Like, the way the song starts off, it reminds me of, like, like a radio trying to find some kind of signal. Like, that's what the production gives off to me. And then Vessel comes in, and in his, like, all of his glory in his voice, just saying to the listener, When we were made, it was no accident. We were tangled up like branches in a flood. I come as a blade, a secret guardian, so you keep me sharp and test my worth in blood. And then after that, repeating over and over again, you've got me in a chokehold. And I feel like that line is the summarization of this song. Quite literally, genuinely, Sleep Token had me in a fucking chokehold listening to the song and taking me through the journey that is this very extravagant piece of music that to me was kind of antithetical to what I perceived Sleep Token to be up until hearing the rollout for Take Me Back to Eden. Chokehold is one of the most effective opening songs I've ever listened to in my life and just truly one of the biggest highlights of the year, one of the most standout moments. And again, it's a snapshot. I will never be able to forget where I was when I first heard Chokehold and the way that it made me feel. Number 32 is July Unending by Balmera. Balmura really did kind of come out of nowhere for me this year. I remember seeing the name show up on Twitter back when they put out the EP that July Unending is on with Thorns of Glass and Petals of Grief. And I was intrigued by the way it was kind of described as being like a throwback to an older age of metalcore. And when I listened to July Unending, 
It's not only a throwback just because of the structure of it, but also the production. There is a very, like, DIY sensibility to the way the song sounds and just the raw nature of the instruments. And I feel like July Unending works the way that it does because it sounds like that, because it's not polished. It is very, very rough around the edges, and the song is made better for that reason. I think July Unending is a, a great homage to, again, an older time of metalcore. Um, like, the week that this episode is releasing, um, Poison the Well would be celebrating, I, I believe it's 24 years now of the album, The Opposite of December, A Season of Separation. And like, truly, genuinely, no cap, this song sounds and feels like it could have been right at home on a record like that. I just feel like July Unending was this really cool way for me to kind of, you know, sit myself down and be put into a time machine in a way and get a look at what the kind of music I was listening to growing up was and how it really did shape me into the person I am today. And I feel like July Unending was just so apropos for my life at the time and even still now to this day. Number 31 is Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. Yo, y'all play this shit in Fortnite Festival? That thing is fun as hell. Um, so, Vampire. I I feel like when I reviewed this song, I, I did, or at least I tried to do my part in saying that I've always been able to sense the talent and the potential in Olivia Rodrigo. I don't believe it was necessarily fulfilled all the way, or at least all the way to what it could have off of her album Sour, but coming into Guts this year and getting to hear Vampire as the lead single, it just felt like every bit of potential that Olivia had to her name became like realized talent and realized capabilities. Vampire has this very sophisticated structure to it. It's very much like a, a piano ballad in so many sections. And then every once in a while, the rest of the band comes in and it sounds like something out of like a theater play. This is so theatrical in its approach and its execution. And I feel like there was no other way for Olivia to be able to make this song work to the extent that it does. Vampire is catchy and cathartic and in the moments where it kind of explodes and really takes on that big theater-like sound it's unstoppable like there were not many songs this year that managed to move me the way that vampire did and it's not just because of the way the song sounds but lyrically it's something that i feel like anybody can relate to maybe not like you know in your current state but at one time or another you got what vampire meant it, it spoke to you and i, I kind of feel like it's so easy for me to put myself in the frame of mind of somebody like myself when i was olivia's age whether she's 19 or 20 you know however old she is 
this is an anthem for people in that age bracket and i truly do get it and i understand it and there were just not many hooks this year that shook me to my fucking core the way that this song did bloodsucker fame fucker bleed me dry like a goddamn vampire number 30 is too close too late by spirit box So I did mention Jaded a little bit earlier in the episode as being a song off of the Fear of Fear that got to show off the heavier side of Spirit Box in some sections of that track. Too Close Too Late is the perfect glimpse into what the band sounds like when they scale things back and they provide to all of us something that is rooted in just a, a lot of emotion and too close too late is very gutting and gripping to a listener's soul when it comes to that there's a, a section in the pre-chorus in the second chorus where courtney says is this what you want me to be perfect and clean float on a temporary empire built in a day to throw it away and now i can tell you there are stranger things i've learned on the outside and just the way that that section is delivered and nailed and how the band kind of finds a way to like ramp up its aggression a little bit, but not to the point where it overtakes a song. It feels like Courtney's voice is so enchanting in that moment. It is kind of like a barricade and it's blocking the song from becoming overtly heavy. And it's just the perfect way to use her voice to balance out the rest of the instrumentation. I look at the video for Too Close Too Late and there's almost like this monochromatic finish to the way the video looks and the way that it was, you know, edited. It, it just, it, it speaks so heavily to the way the song sounds and the lyrical matter behind it. And I feel like Too Close Too Late was a piece of the puzzle to the Fear of Fear that was just utterly necessary to make this entire release work the way that it did. Number 29 is Hold Back by Dead Lakes. When it comes to the year that Dead Lakes had off of the album Daydreamer and the bigger picture of what that album really achieved, I feel like Hold Back can kind of be looked at and listened to and be taken as the encapsulation of all of that. Hold Back is as catchy as it is danceable, as it is vibrant, and all of this works in a way where... You can listen to Hold Back and specifically the chorus on the track and you would be well within your right to like nod your head up and down to it in the same way that you would be like moving your hips around to that rhythm. It is so infectious and it's one of 
the catchiest songs of the entire year, and it's a song that manages to find that ground for itself with verses that are kind of distant from that idea. The verses, while they do a great job of building up the chorus, they are kind of, you know, a little bit slower, a little more, a little bit more ambient in that regard. And then Dead Lakes managed to find all of these little openings where they could insert their own intricacies when it comes to the songwriting abilities and the unique abilities of every member involved. And hold back, like I said, it's an encapsulation. And not just that, it's a celebration of what makes Dead Lakes who they are. And I thought that there was no song from their catalog this year that did a better job at excelling in all of those realms than Hold Back. Number 28 is Deep in the Willow by Knocked Loose. The world stood still when this song dropped back in June. It just felt like all of Metalcore, Twitter, and TikTok just kind of stopped what they were doing and turned all of their attention to Knocked Loose and were like, holy shit, double single, let's fucking go. And, you know, I was the same way. And I put on Deep in the Willow and that very, like haunting and heavy intro section just crafted the perfect narrative and the perfect pathway for the rest of the band to come in and any chance that I get to hear Brian Garris voice on a track it is a celebration because I really do believe that he is one of the most elite vocalists in the scene right now and he has been for fucking you know eight years whatever it's been now for uh Knocked Loose in terms of putting out consistent uh, material and deep in the willow just never really gives you the listener the chance to catch your breath you're never able to kind of have that moment all to yourself where you can gather your thoughts and really analyze what it is that you listen to um you know it felt that way hearing the track just in my bedroom and then later on getting to listen to it live as part of uh, touring the end of the world it, it it's all the same like those feelings when I'm alone, they also, you know, creep out when I'm hearing this song in a, a room and a sea full of people. And you cannot talk about this song without talking about the breakdown call that fucking everybody tweeted, everybody talked about, everybody made a TikTok with this line. And they did so because it really is one of the most iconic moments of any song this year. As cheesy and overplayed as it is, it is right up there with some of the biggest moments of any metalcore song ever. Knocked loose, motherfucker. Those three words sent the entire scene into a fucking frenzy, and there's no other way that Knocked Loose could have done so. Knocked Loose are just that generational, and that special, and that meaningful to all of us, and we need to continue to sing the praises of Knocked Loose, because what they are doing for all of us as a scene right now is truly remarkable, and they deserve every bit of praise and adulation that they've amassed. Number 27 is Left Behind by The Plot in You.
between the two singles that the plot and you releases here forgotten is the one that you know it's for the heavier audience and it felt very relatable to an older time period of the band whereas left behind is kind of what the band like stands for nowadays and the kind of sound that they're largely chasing and i really do believe that left behind is not only the superior plot new song this year but it, it might be my favorite song by the plot new at least since disposable fix left behind is just very anthemic and energetic and it has that sound that is very much so you know ready for radio but it still allows everybody in the band to shine in the most grandiose manner possible and it contains some of the best moments of the band's discography in my opinion i feel like landon tours has hardly ever sounded better than he does on the chorus for the song it is so emotionally packed and charged and it's very hard to hear the song and just not have these varying emotions striking you in your body all at once and in all of your nerves that's just the reaction out of myself that left behind commanded back when i heard it for the first time near the start of the year and then every time thereafter left behind has never lost any of its steam or momentum it is just as impactful now as it was back then and i really do believe that it is one of the greatest achievements in the history of the plot news tenure number 26 is ultraviolet by spirit box Wait, I really put three Spirit Box songs in this episode? Oh, I guess I did. Well, it, it should be there, because this song is fucking beast, and so is Spirit Box, and so is the entirety of The Fear of Fear. Um, so, Ultraviolet is the closing track off of the EP, and I really do believe that one of the things that helped propel this song as high as it is on the list, and as high as it is in my heart is again the aesthetics to what spearbox did for this track because you get the music video that has courtney in this really like shiny outfit this uh shiny mirror-like getup, and she is kind of like waking up and coming to in this room that has a, a real dystopian effect to it and that like image of a person beaming light and giving off these rays in a room that is kind of dismantled that actually does speak very heavily to the way that ultraviolet sounds and the pulsating rhythm in the song the verses that kind of have this like electronic rave sensibility to it and it all comes together for the chorus that is one of the most like shining star burning bright moments of the entire ep and courtney is able to use her voice to just engulf the entire setting and make ultraviolet her own and it's just a song that 
it, it meant so much to me, like on a personal level, getting to hear it back when I did at the start of November. And even if it's only been like five or six weeks now since the song dropped, it it mattered that much to me. It left that much on uh, like uh, that much of an impression on my spirit to the point where I can sit here and very comfortably tell you guys that there were only a quarter of songs throughout the entire year that I felt just had a, a little bit more of a bounce and um, like momentum to them as opposed to Ultraviolet. But still, this track is just very, very, very special. And I believe that Every Spirit Box fan should have been proud of Ultraviolet in the same way that everybody involved with this project should have felt the same way towards Ultraviolet. Number 25 is Let's Take Back What's Dear to You by Harm. I said earlier in the episode when talking about July Unending by Balmura that that song felt and sounded like a snapshot from an older time frame of metalcore. Let's Take Back What's Dear to You is very much so in the same vein, and it is one of the greatest songs I've ever listened to that skirts around those genre lines. If you're into something like... Um, like they're only chasing safety type under oath or um, like Alisana around that same era. I really do believe that Let's Take Back What's Dear to You is a song that you will be able to find a lot of familiarity and comfort within. The song wastes no time getting started. It just kind of like batters you in the face right from the opening second. And there is this like effortless transition from that heavy intro into the first verse where Billy, the first thing you hear out of her voice, and it's very painful to know like this is a lyric that she came up with, tell me I'm pretty, I'll call you a liar. And then after that, we're both being honest with different intentions, we're hiding our feelings or scurring the meanings, because what's worse than feeling alone? This song is not afraid to kind of take its, its hand and just like, twist and mangle your brain around to surface some memories that maybe you don't want it to but it's going to anyways and that's just what harm kind of evokes out of listeners that's what let's take back what's dear to you has meant to me since first hearing it back in june and it's a song that it was that like emphatic and that impressive it just stuck with me i could never ever forget about the lyrical matter of the track, the switch-ups, the transitions, just everything about Let's Take, Let's Take Back What's Dear to You is masterful. And you would not think that it comes from a band as, you know, relatively new and with criminally low recognition as harm. Number 24 is Fool's Paradise by Until I Wake. This song is part of the deluxe edition of Inside My Head, which was the Until I Wake album from last year. And I will go ahead and say now that 
had Fool's Paradise been part of the original album, it like far and away easily would have been my favorite song on that track list. And I would have been talking about it as a top 25 song last year instead of this year. But we did get Fool's Paradise recently, and I feel like I have genuinely listened to this song every day since its release. Not a single fucking day has passed by where I didn't have Fool's Paradise on my mind, where I did not feel like hearing that pre-chorus with the, the guitar strumming and you just hear vocally in like a very charismatic manner you're low-key you move so smooth and slowly it's hard to explain without asking you guys to just go out and listen to the song and i do believe that fool's paradise became the insignia for until i wake this year and you know in a year where I got to see this band live on their headliner and just experience firsthand like how immensely talented they really are and the stage presence they have and just the attention that they command and they wield and Fool's Paradise just felt like the song that was really meant for them, you know, if that makes any sense. Number 23 is An Elegy Written on Porcelain Arms by The Requiem. In any iteration of this band, whether it's The Requiem or L'Exquisite Dulier or whatever the fuck, I do not believe they have ever sounded better than they do here on Elegy. The ideas of the band that center around like emo and gothic sort of horror punk, it has never felt more like pristine and refined and enchanting than it does here on this single. I feel like every idea that The Requiem have ever had, it, it is tailor-made for this song. It is perfect. This track manages to be as catchy as it is, like, very, um, like, brooding and sort of, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the way to describe it w without saying, like, gothic over and over again, but that's kind of the overall vibe and the aesthetic that is presented to us from the requiem and out of any band in recent history or history altogether that has ever you know really tried to take on this sound and presentation i do not know how many i would ever say have found more of like a like a home for themselves in that than the requiem the course on elegy is one of the best overall of the year. I think everybody in the band just outdid themselves when it came to the structure of the song, the production. Um, again, the presentation is everything, and The Requiem right now have some of the best presentation out of any band in the scene, and it's a trend that I want to see continue to be built upon going into this new year, which is going to be hopefully fucking massive for themselves. And to me, this song is the first step towards really, really achieving everything that I know the Requiem were built for. Number 22 is Hopeless by Too Close to Touch featuring Telly Smith. 
if my uh if my voice sounded kind of weird right there before the song played or even right now it's because this is actually my first time ever speaking about this song on this podcast because I was kind of on a hiatus back when it released and I'm also realizing right now that I've never like really really spoken about too close to touch or uh Keaton on this show aside from right after Keaton had passed away back in spring of 2022 and I I don't believe that anything and everything that I could say about that band could be fit into the duration that I have right now so god there really should be an episode one day about too close to touch and, and I feel like there will be it's kind of inevitable just given how much that band meant to me and how much they truly shaped me from 2015 onwards. And if you were around for the rise of Too Close to Touch and, you know, everything that the band brought to the scene, I feel like you're in agreement with me. You understand the impact of Too Close to Touch and how they truly did leave a bigger mark than some people might realize currently. Um... So, Hopeless is a song that, it had like, kind of, you know, a blueprint and a model of it finished before Keaton tragically passed away, and then Telly from The Word Alive, who was very close to Keaton, he was able to finish, you know, some sections of the song and make it to where Too Close to Touch had a track that they could put out into the universe and share with all of us, and it's a gift that I really do not want to take for granted just the ability to hear Keaton's voice again and hear it in a song that feels like it could have easily been a part of having been myself that's so special and heartfelt and hopeless really is one of the most sentimental songs of the year for reasons that have to do with the track itself and then reasons that go beyond that and uh, again too Close to Touch is a band who, sooner than later, will be given their just due and their flowers on this show. But for the time being, what I will say is, please go listen to Hopeless if you haven't already, because this song, it's really something else. It's fucking outstanding. Number 21 is Amen by Bring Me the Horizon, featuring Daryl Palumbo of Glassjaw and Lil Uzi Vert. At the flip of a fucking switch, Bring Me the Horizon can be whatever they want to be. If they want to be soft, they'll be soft. If they want to be, you know, moderately heavy, they'll be moderately heavy. Or if they want to just batter you in the fucking face with no apologies whatsoever, they'll do so just how they did here on Amen. Amen is a song for everybody who, you know, continues to champion the heavier side of Bring Me the Horizon, and it's a side of them that they will never lose their touch with. They will never, ever lose the ability to make these tracks that are just so, like, face-melting and blistering. And to be able to have Daryl from Glassjaw and Lil Uzi Vert on one song, that's a fucking, like, 
nightmare blunt rotation type thing they got going on here and the other thing too about the effectiveness of the song is that daryl and uzi they fit right into amen their inclusions work they do not feel forced whatsoever it feels like a natural fit for the both of them and the way that their voices you know just really compliment ollie when he's kind of going off in the chorus and just really letting his voice and his screams soar to the highest of heights amen was a song that just it had me from the moment i first heard it there was no way for amen to lose its grip on my neck and just continue to you know make me go back to the song over and over again day in and day out and just continue to have all of the highest praise in the world possible for amen and to just continue to marvel at the brilliance of bring me the horizon because everything about amen from the way it sounds the lyrical choices and then having daryl and uzi on here that's not something that you can just wake up one day and be like hey i'm gonna do this you know it's a process it's a a collaborative effort by bring me the horizon to make sure that these ideas work and brother do they ever ever fucking work and that's it for this episode so that was songs 40 to 21 out of the top 100 which now means there is only one episode left and these final 20 songs are not just what i have chosen in my mind as the 20 best songs of the year but these truly are 20 of the greatest songs i've ever listened to in my life and that will all culminate with me finally saying out loud what i believe is the song of the year for 2023 thank you so much for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and as always for the love of the game let's make a scene